Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So how do we justify this? So we're not just making fun of old people. Uh, it's um. important. <laughs> oh, now I know what you want to do. It's important to know the mental capacities of the most powerful man on earth. When the 25th Amendment is invoked and the cabinet submits to Congress that the president can no longer handle the job, we don't want you to be blindsided. So we're not just playing this to make fun of old people. I wouldn't do that under any circumstances anyway. Actually, no, I wouldn't. Uh, But this is notable. This is from yesterday, the president of the United States, when he was announcing the big giant aid package for Ukraine. In addition to this supplemental funding, I'm also sending to Congress a comprehensive package of, uh, that will enhance our underlying effort to accommodate the Russian oligarchs uh, and make sure we take their, take their, their ill-begotten gains. <laughs> We're going to accommodate them. <laughs> We're going to seize their yachts, their luxury homes, and other ill-begotten gains of Putin's kleptocracy. <laughs> yeah. Kleptocracy. And klep- the guys who are the kleptocracies. <laughs> but these are bad guys. And he looked a hundred. Like corn pop. Yeah. He looked a hundred years old. I'm looking at a picture of him right now. It's amazing. All presidents age like crazy. It's the most stressful job you could possibly imagine. God, how about now? With a pandemic and a war and the economy doing what it is. But anyway, man, he looks frail. Yeah. Yeah. I stand by my prediction. He will not serve out his term. I can't, uh, I can't imagine that will happen. Unless through some combination of medical science and, and good fortune, his decline halts. Well, and what I mean, is, because how much more decline can he take? 
okay, you you say that all the time, and it kind of makes sense, but who's going to be president? Kamala Harris? I know. That's why I keep trying to tell you. I keep trying to tell America. We have a serious crisis here. The, a serious crisis. The boat is leaking. We're bailing as fast as we can, and we have no lifeboat. The lifeboat is a dumbass. Sorry to use such <laughs> frank terms. She's a lunkhead. A halfwit. A, a mediocrity at best. The lifeboat is a dumbass. Well, that's an interesting one. Um, Seriously, she she could not be less qualified. It, it, you know what? And, and one thing I haven't made clear is it was a terrible, cynical, vicious disservice to this wonderful country to even nominate her as vice president. It was. Um, but 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 qualified doesn't really fit in. I mean, it should, but we all know that that it's politically though. The Democrat, the, the Democrats, their own party, they they want to get Joe Biden to the finish line. They don't want Kamala Harris, the sitting president, heading into a presidential election running because no. they they know she would lose. She has a thirty eight percent approval rating in San Francisco, where she's best known. So she is a guaranteed. I mean, as close to a guarantee as you can get loss if she's the president, the incumbent president running. So there's no way the Democrats are going to allow that to happen. Well, that's why I make the bold prediction, and it's about as bold as predicting the sun rising in the east, that if she somehow becomes the sitting president, uh, and and this has been tried a couple of times. Reagan tried it on Ford. Uh, Ted Kennedy tried it on Carter, and there are other examples. They would primary her. They would, they would, not, select her, the, they would not select the incumbent president in the primary. It would be the first time that was successful in the modern era. Well, Bobby Kennedy tried it on LBJ with enough success that LBJ decided I'm not running again. Right. Uh, So, yeah. Yes, Michael. Do you think the Democrats would use a Joe Biden lookalike before (laughs) they use Kamala? (laughs) Wow. (laughs) No, but that's a soft no. (laughs) They get that guy from SNL and just try to pull it off. Right, exactly, exactly. Uh, but that's the, say, that's yeah. the interesting political part of this is while you're right from a health standpoint and all that sort of stuff, when in, when in recent history have you had a vice president where th- that party would say, no, 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 we can't allow that to happen? Republicans would have been fine with Ch- if Cheney had to step in. Uh, Democrats would have been fine if Biden, when he was younger, had to step in for Obama or Gore for Clinton or... You know, I don't know how far. Maybe Dan Quayle. Uh, maybe yeah. they, would, they would have thought. Yeah. They would have thought no. Dan Quayle would get killed in an election. Right. Right. We just can't do it. I don't care who's in line for what. Yeah. I think you're absolutely right. Oh, by the way, speaking of LBJ, Jack, a private note to you. I was in a uh, like an antique slash junk shop, and there's a fine line. There is. Let's there really is. It. Sometimes you walk around an antique shop and you think I'm like in somebody's garage. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but uh, I picked up a, a copy of Caro's Master of the Senate Good book. in hardcover for $2. There you go. So I was very happy with that. The giant, giant. And I mean, I looked at it, I flipped through it, I thought, what are the chances I'm going to read this? Well, I'll, tell you, the, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. Even if you only read like the 100 pages that starts a couple pages in, there's like a 100 page history of the Senate that is just oh. freaking fantastic. Wow. Thanks for the tip. Yeah, it's really good. So getting back to politics and that sort of thing, it occurs to me, I was, I've, I'm already with a multi-part uh, feature for you. 
on Alejandro Mayorkas uh, again, the Department of Homeland Security and what's going on on the border. And it includes such elements that my featurette here, which I will summarize as uh, Washington Examiner. Mayorkas telling whoppers over Title 42 authority, according to the GOP. They're uh, pointing out that in his testimony this week in front of Congress, uh, the House Judiciary Committee, among other things, he said, look, I don't have any authority over uh, prop, uh, Title 42. That's uh, that's uh, the CDC. It's all up to the CDC. And what really struck me about that is we now have a situation in this wonderful country where Congress is is too cowardly to do anything. They don't want to vote on anything. They don't want their name on anything. They won't get involved in any of our military actions because they don't want to be for something that turns out bad or against something that turns out good. So they just let whoever's president decide all of our military adventures. That may be the most notable and significant example, but I think the border situation is is quickly gaining on it in that nobody on either side of the aisle wants to put their name to a compromise where the other side gets something. And so you have a situation where Congress will do nothing and they grant all authority to these uh, departments, right? At least the departments have a cabinet secretary who's got to be approved and is in the public eye and the rest of it. Here you have a cabinet secretary. Too cowardly to make a decision and says, no, it's up to uh, the CDC. The CDC gets to decide. They'll tell me what to do. So now you've gone from Congress won't do anything to cabinet secretaries and their departments won't do anything. They they shuttle the decision making over to a body like the CDC that's run by, I don't know, somebody. Where's that chain of authority go up? How, how are they answerable to the voters? Somebody feel free to explain it to me in a thousand words or less if you can. But anyway, what a delightful situation we're in. I was watching one of your lefty channels, and they stated, just as if it's obvious fact, that for voters, a primary issue this uh, this election is going to be the border. So Democrats are trying to get blah, 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 blah. Okay, so you've caught on to that, but you're still... So your your analysis, your political analysis about the election is that immigration is such an important topic for Democrats, they're trying to get a handle on it. At the same time, on your cable channel, you're not going to report any of the stuff that's happening at the border? That seems weird. Right. You have no right. news yeah. about what's actually going on there on a day-by-day basis. You're just interested it's in the... convenient to the narrative, you idiot. You're just interested in what a political matter it is for the election. Exactly. And to that end, you know, that's funny because that's exactly where I'm going with this. Um, I think the entire Democratic Party establishment understands what what just disastrous shape they're in, in terms of the midterm, obviously. Um, and, and they have decided, all right, look. And an ancient president old, and a dumbass for a vice president. All that together. Point. Well summarized. Um, so <laughs> they've decided. Right, I'm, no. I'm going to I'm going to abandon that term. It's too harsh for me. Feel free. Leaving more for me, as I've said at the dinner table more than once. <laughs> Daddy, we don't like cornbread. Oh, it's fine, fine with me. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, easy now. Uh, so anyway, the Democratic Party has clearly decided, look, the only thing we can accomplish is keeping the the base on the reservation, which is probably an inc- politically incorrect uh, choice of terms these days. But uh, all we can do is pander to the base, keep them together. We've lost moderates. We've lost independence. Uh, we're going to get absolutely shellacked. So let's cater to the base, give them what they want, and then we'll start rebuilding after the midterms. So they're doing insane stuff like uh, like this. This is from the Department of Homeland Security. This is the actual... Uh, memorandum that they put out this week that's getting a lot of 
attention in the news, but uh, I actually went to the trouble of printing it and reading it and highlighting some of it, and I'm going to hit you with just the first two very short paragraphs. And here's a game you can play along with at home. If you hear something that's utter bullspit, feel free to keep track of how many things you hear, all right? Maybe make a moo noise or something like that every time you hear bullets. I'm beginning with the executive summary. Under the Biden-Harris administration, the Department of Homeland Security has been executing a comprehensive and deliberate strategy to secure our borders. Oh, I heard the moves. <laughs> and build a safe, orderly, and humane immigration system. All right. Oh, wow. After inheriting a broken and dismantled immigration system. Whoa. Wait a minute. Yeah, Congress should have acted years ago, but uh, under Trump, it had fallen to record lows. It's another steaming pile right there. Well, and remember, remember that Harvard Harris poll. That's right, Elsie. That, that Harvard Harris poll that showed a majority of Americans preferred the Trump policies to the current policies. That never gets any coverage. But it's been a broken immigration system through right. every administration of my adult life. So everybody blaming right. it on the previous administration handed us a broken system. Okay, the Republicans have had complete control of government. The Democrats have had complete control of government each several times in my adult lifetime and never done anything to get control of this. Right. But this is more evidence of just catering to the base. Okay, so broken system. Hilarious. Uh, Since January 2021, DHS has effectively managed an unprecedented number of non-citizens seeking to enter the United States and has interdicted more drugs, disrupted more smuggling operations than ever before. That last part may be true. I don't know. But uh, has effectively managed the border. Good God. Who thinks that? Nobody does. The legal authority for enforcing our border security comes from Title VIII of the U.S. Code, among other things. Title VIII provides that individuals who cross the border without legal authorization are processed for removal. And if unable to establish a legal basis to remain in the United States, promptly removed from the country. And that's happening. Who is this for? (laughs) People who don't pay much attention. Who are I just won the Boston Marathon while earning my Ph.D. in astrophysics. I mean, it's utter... Crap! Well, most people barely pay attention, and you hear a little something there and there, and you vote, and that crowd is big enough to sway election. Got some Elon Musk news. Uh, got some uh, COVID updates for you. They're all pretty danged interesting, too. Stay here. New satellite images were just released that show Russia is using trained dolphins to protect a key naval base in the Black Sea. You can tell things are a little off when the leader of your country is like, all right, then let's not send them flipper. All right. I'm wondering, is it possible Russia thinks our Navy SEALs are actual SEALs? Yeah, defense dolphins are a good tactic if your enemy hates adorable wet kisses. Um, I'm not sure Elon Musk understands the way politics work. He may, may maybe, maybe, but I'm not sure he understands that if he gets tagged as a certain kind of politics, he's stuck with that forever. 
and how well, damaging yeah, that could certainly be. Certainly for the long term, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, Elon Musk says the far left hates everyone, themselves included. Which is right. But um, if he gets tagged as one of them by mainstream media, he is going to have a rough go of it. Anyway, that's a different topic. He sold $8.4 billion worth of Tesla shares this week. He sold about $4 billion worth of Tesla shares on Tuesday, then another $4 billion or so yesterday. Then he tweeted out, I'm done selling Tesla shares. This is the theory is it's part of his, it's like I sold some guitars when we needed to buy a tractor or something. You know, it's the same sort of thing, um, mm-hmm. right? He, he just needed to free up some cash, I think, to buy Twitter as he did the other day. But Tesla fell 12%. That day, it's back up a little today, uh, and then people liked, uh, you know, figuring out how much money that was for him. So he lost like forty billion dollars or something in one day. Um, I doubt. I doubt that even makes his. Do you think that even makes his radar? I doubt that even makes his radar. Um, how much I is net worth? Mildly goes interested in it, but uh, it goes know, like if I notice this quarter my four hundred one k went down. It's a fine. It's on paper. Well, I, I have no idea how he lives his life, but I doubt he follows the daily ups and downs of the stocks, or you would go absolutely crazy, or the daily ups and downs of your complete net worth. But those are some. It's because he's got so much money. That's why the the swings are so giant. If you have nearly three hundred billion dollars, the swings can be pretty giant, even oh, though it's yeah. a just a you know a, a smallish percentage of your total. Oh, speaking of stock market swings and that sort of thing, I thought it was interesting that the stock markets all jumped way up yesterday after that uh, shrinkage of the economy news, rebounding from some earlier losses in the week. It's just such a big deal is made of things that aren't really a big deal, and so much that is a big deal is minimized in the media, man. It makes it tough to be an educated voter. But tying this all together, the politics of Elon and his, his really divergent companies uh, an electric car company a let's get to mars company and now twitter and, and a trying, tunnel digging company and trying to piece them all together uh this headline today china regulators say about fifteen thousand teslas recalled for crash risk well all cars get recalled um uh, uh, now and then for various things in the united states ford just recalled a quarter million explorers because they'll roll away well, in park. Well, you don't want your car to roll away while it's in park. Park is really, you're really kind of hoping it stays parked. But right. my only point is it could be legit or it could be China firing a shot across Elon's bow saying, look, we can decide to recall 15,000 Teslas and say they're a crash risk anytime we want. Keep that in mind while you're running Twitter. Wow. I would not put that past them. I think that's, I think that's more likely than not. I mean, any idea that the Chinese regulators or Tesla are on the up and up and not, you know, answerable to the Communist Party, of course, is laughable. Yeah, intriguing. Twitter doesn't exist in China, but China certainly keeps track of what's said in the Western oh, world. About absolutely. Them. This is going to be Elon's biggest struggle with Twitter, I think, is how he handles any anti-China sentiment on Twitter while he's got major, major business interests in that country. I don't know how he's going to handle it, but it's going to be dicey. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year 
equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com news. That's LifeLock.com news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Dr. Anthony Fauci said this week that the country is now out of the pandemic phase of the coronavirus and firmly in the remembering how to talk to people phase. <laughs> Hello, coworker. How was your weekend? Plus, what's a sad memory from your childhood? <laughs> <laughs> I saw somebody yeah. yesterday. Here that I hadn't seen in I think two years. Wow! And uh, yeah, weird man. Two years have is a to long resort time. to a hey guy. <laughs> That's one of those people that like I barely have ever talked to, but they seemed really excited to see me. I don't know. I I can't do the pretend excited to see people. I just don't have that ability. Mm. Uh-huh. The social grace is too much effort for Jack. Mm. Sad. Well, I, I'm not. Uh, I'm not hostile, but I can't act like <laughs> you know. 
we were uh, step-siblings, and we haven't seen each other in a decade. <laughs> in the immortal words of the great Neil Peart, I can't pretend a stranger is a long-awaited friend. There you go. There you go. That's exactly what I'm saying there. Uh, I could stop and say to this person, we have not spent a combined four minutes talking to each other in the history of knowing each other. So why are you so enthused to see me? <laughs> <laughs> or you could just take it as a compliment and feel some joy. Ooh, again, no, I take it as complete phoniness in an effort to get something out of me. That's the way I take it. Oh, oh. so here's some COVID stuff for you. First of all, the, the New York Times always says the map of U.S. hotspots and vaccinations. And I don't understand why it's not pointed out more often that fairly regularly the states that are hot spots for cases and the states with the highest percentage of vaccinations are the same states what no, Wait, no that's impossible I, that's misinformation and or disinformation and i'm not claiming it's cause and effect but it's certainly not the reverse it's not it, it's not proof that vaccinations keep down the number of cases in your state because i'm looking at the map and four or five of the states with the the most current covid cases are have the highest percentage of their population vaccinated anyway whatever um nobody cares about that uh, michael stuff. i'm Never sorry did. nina jankowitz from the new uh disinformation governance bureau at dhs has just told you to cut off mr armstrong's microphone immediately the largest transit system in the san francisco bay area bart bay area rapid transit has reinstated their mask mandate it's a unique in the entire country but back to wearing masks on there none of the other uh Systems for riding around or doing that? Just Bart. So, there you go. Well, that might help uh, kind of tamp down the stench of bum pee on Bart. Yeah, you know, I'll, having a mask I'll on. wear a mask so I don't have to smell the poop from that guy who just dropped one over there. Um, another COVID stupidness, the Boston Red Sox playing the Toronto Blue Jays in Canada will return by bus. It's much slower, but it avoids stranding anyone who tests positive. Because if you fly in from another country, you have to show a positive test before you're allowed to return. If you come in by bus, you don't have to. So they'll come by bus, so you could be positive, and it's not going to keep you in, stuck in Canada. Well, just you know, perfectly reasonable policy. <laughs> of course, it's reasonable. But have well, well, and that's without mentioning the hundreds of thousands of people that cross the southern border. And guess what? They're not showing a negative test before they cross either. But they're concerned a Boston Red Sox player would get stranded in Canada if they didn't have a positive test. I mean, that's how laughable is all this? How So one individual Boston Red Sox would have to stay in Canada for a month and isolate if they had a positive test. But we'll let hundreds of thousands of who knows who come across the border and not check or check their criminal background or anything. We don't even know who they are or why they're here. But Well, and I don't mean to be hurtful, friends, but uh, you get that politicians think you're so stupid you won't notice this stuff. That's just unbelievable. Measles yeah. cases are surging because the pandemic disrupted childhood vaccinations. Surging how much? A rise of nearly 80%. In reported measles cases in the first two months of this year is the result of millions of children who missed out on their routine shots. Hmm. 80% increase in measles because we didn't do the normal stuff. The lack of thought around unintended consequences drives me nuts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Whether it's Both schooling. in advanced, during, and in retrospect, yep. Whether there's people having heart attacks or kids not learning to read or getting their shots or whatever. Just to, And then this one more thing here. 
Deaths of despair. Never forget deaths of despair, especially on a Friday. <laughs> oh, God. If you have cardiac arrest, heart attack, heart failure, stroke, irregular heart rhythms, blood clots, blood vessel diseases, and inflammation disorders, if you have any of those within 12 months of having COVID, it's considered COVID-related. But if you have any of those things within two months of getting the vaccine, it's not vaccine-related. Hmm. Is there well, I don't know the medical science, science behind, behind that. that or not? Uh, well, they're both be. awful dang new. Mm-hmm. Like okay. I say, there might be a perfectly sound scientific basis for that, or it might be 100% political. Sure. And these days, you just don't know. Oh, speaking of the uh, Chinese bat fever, uh, unvaccinated people accounted for a large majority of deaths in the U.S. through much of the uh, vid pandemic, but that's changed in recent months. Washington Post analyzed state and federal data. Um, with vaccine protection waning over time and the elderly and immunocompromised were at the greatest risk still, even if vaccinated, having a harder time dodging increasingly contagious strains. Yeah, the uh, vaccinated made up 42% of fatalities in January and February during the highly contagious Omicron variants surge. So would this be uh, an compared ar- with 23% in September? Would this be an argument for not getting the next booster or, or not? Oh, no, no, not at all. No, it's just it's it's imperfect, as we've learned. I mean, it, it makes it much less likely that you'll be hospitalized or die, but it doesn't make it impossible by any means, it was a especially big, if you're older, immunocompromised. It was big news the last couple of days. I barely pay attention to this, these stories because I'm not going to get my kids vaccinated. That uh, another vaccine is good news for parents. Another vaccine has been approved for children. OK, you can say that all you want, but oh, I know it. <laughs> a, two out of three kids aren't going to get vaccinated. So whatever. I was watching the news last night, and they were debating about the, the vaccine. How many doses for kids under five? And I'm thinking, who's this for? Yeah, exactly. Who wants this? A, a handful of lunatics in the bluest cities in America. Uh, let's see. One more stat. Nearly two-thirds of the people who died during the Omicron surge were 75 and older, which leads us to, and this is just crazy. You might want to jot this down. Individuals ought to appraise their risk and the costs incurred by avoiding the Omicron and make a decision as to their own lifestyle and safety measures. What? No, no. Please, Uncle Joe, tell us how to live. Oh, great Fauci, command us from on high. I represent science. You know know the one that I'm stuck on is the Boston Red Sox taking a whatever six-hour bus ride. Right. Because of the rules that... If you fly in, you have to show a negative test while we have open borders on the southern end of the United States. It's just hilarious. Well, and, and, and the bus thing. Come on. Don't leave out the absurdity. Oh, sure. Of, that. of course. Of course. <laughs> to discuss these questions and others, looking forward to chatting with the fabulous Lon He Chen from the Hoover Institution, Stanford University, in the next segment. Yeah, he's one of the smartest policy guys around. That's coming up. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. I need to stop looking at Twitter for the day. It has ruined my soul. My soul has been ruined for the day. And on a Friday. And this early in the day. Yeah, that's a shame. What are you going to do? Uh, so much to talk about with Lon He Chen, David and Diane Steffi, fellow in American Public Policy Studies at the Hoover Institution, the Director of Domestic Policy Studies at Stanford University, and a candidate for the California State Controller's Office, recently endorsed by both the Los Angeles Times as a Republican, for the love of heaven, and the Orange County Register. It's Lon He Chen. Lon He, how are you? Hey, great to be with you. Uh, great to have you. So uh, something we were discussing earlier in the show, and I will take pains to keep this uh, on an academic level. You have a president who is uh, not terribly popular and really quite old and unlikely, extremely unlikely to run for re-election. I, in fact, I predicted he wouldn't finish his term. Maybe I'm right. Maybe I'm wrong. You have an extremely unpopular vice president whose qualifications to lead the nation are in doubt, to say the least. I think we are a nation that is headed toward a real crisis. Do you share that worry at all? 
Well, I have a particular concern around the economy now. And I, I think, as both of you know, we, you know, in my, in my prior life before running for this office, I spent a lot of time thinking about economic policy and a lot of time thinking about the course of our economy. And we got news yesterday, you may have covered this, that the economy is, is actually shrinking, hmm. that, that, uh, that the size of our economy is, is decreasing and you add that to the inflationary pressure that a lot of families around the country, and particularly here in California, feel. And we have some real severe economic challenges. And of course, what does the president decide to go and do? Well, he decides yesterday to talk about student loan forgiveness. And he's really at this point now engaged in politics as opposed to policy. Because if he were really serious about dealing with inflation, really serious about dealing with our economic condition, he would not go out and propose, you know, hundreds of billions, if not trillions in new spending, which is part of the reason we're here, by the way, guys, part of the reason we have eight and a half percent inflation, why gas and milk and everything else we buy costs more is because we have put trillions of dollars of stimulus into this economy in the last year and a half, two years. And so it's just not serious anymore. And, and that's the problem is that the, the, the folks in Washington, they don't seriously understand the challenges this economy is about to face. And so if it's not inflation, it is going to be recession. And that's a horrible combination. If anybody remembers back to the late 1970s, it is a horrible combination for our economy. Yeah. So who's making these decisions? Speaking of Twitter, is he been being led by the Twitter left? Who cares about the college? Because the average American thinks it's insane to bail out the college student loan debt. And at a time when the economy is shrinking and inflation's at record highs, you're absolutely right. It's a what an insane policy decision. Well, it is, you know, it is interesting because when Biden campaigned for president, he campaigned as somebody who would bring people together and try to find relatively centrist solutions. And so far, we have seen a lot of, of pretty far left policies. I mean, this thing on student loan forgiveness is the latest example of something that is embraced by Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren, but causes uh, Kirsten Cinema and Joe Manchin to cringe because it is not it is, is an example of another set of policies that do not speak to the economic challenges that American families are facing right now. The fundamental economic challenge that American families face right now is they have a difficult time affording the gas they need to put in their cars to get to work. And, and, and you're out here talking about something which is, you know, I think, frankly, a, a political campaign issue. Joe Biden needs to figure out a way to fire up the progressive left because that is the only way he believes that he bails himself out of a very, very poor midterm election cycle. So he's trying to motivate the progressive left, and he does it by proposing policies that I'm pretty sure 75% of people look at and they say, why are we doing this? Why are we not figuring out a way to get this economy on track instead? So uh, this is more a philosophical question than a uh, policy question, but uh, as most political messages, especially these days, have to be extremely simple and blunt to break through, uh, are this, is it possible that voters are beginning to grasp the subtlety of when the government acts as Santa Claus, there are economic effects that hurt you? Do you think people are connecting those dots? I, you know, I don't know. I, I hope they are, because I think it's fairly obvious why we've seen inflation and prices explode so much over the last six months. Um, and I think it's important for people who, who believe that to be the case, and I certainly do, 
to make that to make that clear that the reason that we have uh, record inflation, the reason why families are having a tougher and tougher time making making ends meet, and by the way, the housing market, which has undergone a massive expansion over the last two years, is is headed in some places, I fear, for a massive correction, uh, precisely because of of the economic conditions and the broader inflationary conditions we face, and with interest rates rising, it's going to get harder and harder for people to afford houses, and, and also, by the way, people who carried out loans uh, that have adjustable rates are going to get hit very, very hard because of the, uh, the, the rising interest rates. So there's all sorts of, of things happening in this economy that I think is really kind of a toxic mix, and, uh, and, and folks just need to recognize that we didn't get here by accident, okay? It's not like, you know, Joe Biden makes it sound like Vladimir Putin caused inflation, and it's like, listen, buddy, I got news for you. You caused it. You and people who decided that we were going to put, as I said, trillions of dollars into this economy, you caused it. Wow. So, Lon Hee Chen, you're the guy who's putting all those stickers on the gas pumps then. You're the guy with the Biden stickers that say, I did that, next to the the numbers on the gas pumps. I'll be darned. By by the way, here's, here's a simple idea. Why don't we give people a very clear sense when they fill up uh, their gas tanks, how much in those uh, gas uh, fees per gallon are because of taxes. And no fees. kidding. No kidding. Why don't we just give people a clear idea of that so they can get a sense of how badly they're getting hosed every time they put a gallon of gas into their car? I, I'm against and, this. And, I'm against know, this sort of thing as a libertarian, but I would like it to happen like the same way that they have calories next to the food now on the menus. Yeah. It'd be awesome on a phone. Every gas pump, it told you how much of the, the price was taxes. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and then it'd be great if we could figure out where that money all actually went because what we're told in California is it's going to build better roads. Uh, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I've driven around on these roads recently. They're not so good. Yeah. So, I, you know, it's, it's, this is the stuff that drives people nuts, though, is that fundamentally uh, you have government making excuses. You have government saying, well, we're doing all this stuff for you. And people turn around and they say, no, actually, I think you're making it harder. And right now, in many cases, unfortunately, for too many families, uh, things are not going well, and they're, and they're not going well because of bad decisions by our policymakers. Hey, speaking of bad decisions by policymakers, we talked about this story earlier in the week, and I understand you have some thoughts on it. Um, the San Francisco Chronicle did a great job of looking into the results of the hundreds of millions of dollars taxpayers have spent to deal with the so-called homeless pro- problem, and the results have been horrible. People uh, uh, dying of uh, opioid deaths, people staying homeless, an increase in homelessness of 56% after spending all that money. How did, how did that report strike you? In two uh, minutes it, or it, less, if you can pull it off. Well, it, it reminds me of what happens when you don't have effective oversight in, in, in a city or in a state. And in California, there is no problem where the lack of oversight has has been a bigger cause of things getting worse than our homelessness crisis. In San Francisco, they spent a lot of money. In L.A., we know they in one program, they're spending $800,000 per unit of housing construction. And the problems are getting worse. In the state of California overall, we've allocated $20 billion for homelessness over the last three years. And every Californian I speak to and everything that I see suggests the problem is getting worse. So you tell me, what, what, what's the problem here? The problem is there's nobody who's saying, hey, you can't keep spending this money if it's not solving problems. If you're going to spend money, it better solve problems. And that's, and, you know, that's one of the reasons why I'm running for, for controller in California, because as controller, my job would be to provide accountability for every single dollar this state spends. And I will tell you in homelessness, we are not solving the problem. 
We are spending an awful lot of money, and we need to get back into the problem-solving business again. We are not only uh, we are not only hurting people who are homeless by not giving them the ability and helping them figure out how to get out of that situation. But we're making it worse, and people are, are literally dying in San Francisco. They are living in rat feces infested hey hotels now. because because the city of San Francisco can't get its act together, and because the mayor there doesn't want accountability. All right, and and they have repeatedly refused to have an oversight commission. And I'll tell you, it's about time somebody was up up there calling balls and strikes and saying, "You guys can't keep doing this. You can't keep spending good money and sending it after bad." So. That, that, I think, is really the fundamental root of the problem, is we don't have an independent fiscal watchdog. We have too many lapdogs in, in and that state, is state why, government. And that is why Lon He Chen is running for <clears throat> California State Controller. Lon He, always enlightening. Thanks so much for the time. Good to talk to you. Great to be with you guys. And, of course, one of the most insidious parts of that lack of a, an oversight or accountability or, or whatever is that for ideological reasons, th- those on the left continue to ignore the fact that we have an enormous drug crisis, and that's at the heart of a lot of what's going on with the so-called homeless crisis. But just in general, nobody ever looks at the results of government programs. You just Somebody proposes them, they pass, you spend a bunch of money, and then nobody ever checks to see, hey, did that work or not? You just keep doing it. Right, you don't even like get as far as getting a dishonest answer. Nobody even asks the question. If you miss an hour, grab the podcast Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Armstrong and Getty. Grand Canyon University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluations within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.